you know, it's such a privilege to be able to have this mic and to be able to share with you the things that God speaks to, speaks to us about, about you. It is such an honor to be trusted to be your pastors and to hear, um, hear from God on your behalf. And I know that you listen to him as well. And it's amazing when you speak back into our leadership team and into our lives. And I, I just believe that this is the most amazing season where God is knitting us together in unity. And um, his heart is full and overflowing. How many uh, were here for the 10-year anniversary? <laughs> there were so many that were not here that day, and there were all kinds of amazing reasons. Um, the Lord had given me uh, a word um, to release over the congregation, but it was my fault that I didn't let the media guys back there know that I was going to give a word, so it wasn't recorded. And I just felt like the Lord said, that's okay, because I want you to unpack my heart. I want you to, to unpack those things that I am wanting to say uh, to my beautiful bride and, um, and to my beautiful daughter. We're going to hear from the Holy Spirit today, from the Father, uh, from Jesus himself. He's right here with us. And um, the, on the anniversary day, Anna, one of those little ones that we prayed for, she told her mom, Joy, just give us a wave. Uh, she said, I'm going to make Elsie a crown. And she didn't know that that day the Lord had released something prophetically, not just uh, the word that I'm going to share with you, but through uh, Gerard Haberstroh and Maureen who came, through Lillian Brown, um, through Duncan and Kate, that, that the kingdom of God is advancing. And he is wanting us to get into position because we have authority that we haven't even tapped into. When we put our faith in Jesus, big things happen. I think Rame should wear this because he's got a nice colored shirt. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, come on. That is awesome. Yes. You are prophetic message today. Okay, so. Children, children. That's all good. Okay, so on September 20th, the actual date, I said to the Lord, what would you have to say to Catch the Fire Church family? And as usual, he says things that are kind of interesting, and this is what he said. Wash your hands before you come to the table. Well, I at first thought, whoa, that's a rebuke. But then he goes, it's no rebuke, believe me. Um, I want you to read Psalm 24. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Who can stand in his holy place? Whoever has clean hands and a pure heart 
and does not lift up his soul to an idol or doesn't put their trust in an idol or swear by what is false. And it goes on to say he will be the one or she will be the one to receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Who is this king of glory? Oh my goodness, when he began to speak, his glory just filled me. And, and this is what he said. I want a people for myself that have wholehearted devotion to me. Not just to doctrines or programs or core values or obligations and duties, uh, which are good, but I want a people who have washed their hands before they eat at my table. I want a people that have washed themselves of unforgiveness. Why does he keep bringing this up? Because every day we have stuff happen. And he wants us to see ourselves as being kings and priests unto God and that we need to rid ourselves of offenses. Make a determination in your heart to break agreement with the accuser of the brethren. If you're agreeing with anything of an accusatory nature or critical nature or even opinions can come under that category, cry out to the Lord and say, give me your heart on these things because he is wanting us to break agreement with judgments. When we have these things in our hearts that aren't dealt with, we make very unsound decisions. And he is wanting so much for us to have what he's promised to us. And these are the simple things that keep us from stepping forward into the more. He says, I want you, I want a people that break agreement with the spirit of this world. I want a people who know me because they have been with me, a people that live with me and listen to me, a people that see or are willing to see what I see. I want a people that listen and respond to my overtures of love, ridding themselves of dullness. Anybody experience dullness? I think we all do because just like washing your hands, stuff gets on you. You need to wash it off. When we, when we go to focus on, on the Lord, have you ever noticed that sometimes it's hard? and yet you're passionate for him, sometimes it's just hard, that's because the spirit of this world has gotten on us. And he's wanting us to get clean. He says, I want a people that are willing to see what I see, a people that listen and respond to my overtures of love. You rid yourself of dullness where they, you've lost sensitivity from the darkness of the cultures around you. 
I want a people that love what I love and hate what I hate. I want a people that lean in and surrender back to me what I have given them so that I can purify and expand and increase them. I long to give the more. Remember, we've been asking the Lord for more. You know, we know that there's more. And we've been saying we want more. But he's saying, if you want the more, then he is wanting the more from us. And he says, you can't have the more without consecration and the yielding back to him of all that he has given to us. He says, I want a people for myself whose hearts burn in expectation to be with me and bring pleasure to me by walking in obedience. A people that will arise and shine in darkness because they are set apart. And because they are set apart, they will bring hope to those who have no hope. He says, wash your hands in my word. Wash your heart with the blood of my son. Then come to the table and eat with me. This is the king of glory. Duncan and Kate and Curtis all came to us after this word was released. And they said, this is not just a word for your church. This is a word for the body of Christ, for the movement of Catch the Fire all across the globe. He has privileged us to come here and to invite us to know him in a deeper way than we have ever known him before. For some of us, we've grown up in holiness movements and it's been scary, it's been religious. But when he talks about being set apart or holy, he's talking about oneness with him. And I don't know if you picked up what he's saying, but he's saying, I want you to know me like I never leave you because I don't. He's saying, I want a people for myself that have wholehearted devotion to me. What is he saying here? You know, we just had um, uh, Zelma, or Zelma, Zaid, like, Selma Zaid with us in one ear, out the other. I'm holier than you. <laughs> um, you know, the media um, will sway us. We, we're vulnerable, but it's God's intention that we come to him for insight and for wisdom and to hear his heart. There is a spirit of the world that God is referring to, and it's very, very serious. The, the, the future of this this nation hinges on us because we are the kings and priests unto God. We stand in the gap. What we do with the authority that he is giving to us matters. And we need to have clean hands and a, and a pure heart so that we can know what is in his heart. But it's so easy to make judgments about parties 
and people and, and to even become mean. A religious spirit is mean. A political spirit is mean. It's harsh, it's rebellious, it's opinionated. And it is in the kingdom of this world. We are not of the kingdom of this world anymore. If you've received Jesus in your heart and you've become a child of God, then you, have, you are part of a different kingdom. And this kingdom does not become or make this nation a Christian nation. Do you understand that? What makes this nation change is when we bring the kingdom of God into every sector of society. Every party needs to have people that are picked by God to be embedded in every part. So we need to shake ourselves off and break agreement with the political spirit of this age and get your information from God himself. He is so willing to talk to us about these things. He has put his values on the inside of us. And when we listen to him, when we cherish and love what he loves and hate what he hates, we're not hating people or parties. We are understanding that we have an obligation to respond in the right spirit. And it's his idea that we honor the governments that are in place. I've mentioned this before. Daniel, Esther, Joseph, their lives were embedded in pagan culture. But look how God used them. Because the kingdom of God is within us. And as kings and priests unto God, we carry the authority to come underneath the kingdom of God's an upside-down kingdom. We serve. We serve. We don't dominate. And when we rule, we come in an honorable way, don't we? If we live any other way, do you know what will happen? The church will stay victim-minded. What is victim-minded? It means that you've come under something and something's ruling over you and you're so uncomfortable and, and you become critical and negative and nasty and, and who knows what. It's the wrong spirit. We are no longer victims. I don't know about you, but I've accepted my invitation to sit with Christ in heavenly places far above principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness in high places. And it's from that place when I break agreement with the spirit of accusation that my words are heard on high. We are intercessors. We're called to be in unity and pray together in unity. Then break agreement with opinions and criticism and mean-spiritedness and, and cleanse yourself when you go on the TV or internet and, and, you, and, and, and you get muddied. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. This is serious because we want to be effective and it means that we wash our hands before we come into his presence. That we understand that we live in his presence and therefore we need to walk clean. There are some things, remember Adam and Eve took the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. We don't need to know everything. 
It's, it's the knowledge of good and evil, and it doesn't benefit. It brings death. The knowledge we need comes from being intimate with him. The knowledge of knowing his heart, and we can have that. So we are no longer victims. One of the things he wanted me to highlight, he said, I want a people who know me because they've been with me. A people that live with me and listen to me. I want a people that see or are willing to see what I see and love what I love, hate what I hate. You know, I, my husband and I lived together. Before I was married, I lived with a house full of girls. Before that, I lived with, with my family. And believe me, every one of those journeys was an adventure because I was living with somebody. I changed because of the people I lived with. And that is a good thing because we need to understand that God thinks differently than we do. Other people think differently than me. My world can be very self-centered. And the Lord is saying to us, People, I want you to live with me and listen to me. I want you to know my heart. I want you to be changed because we're encountering each other every day. It changes you when you live with him. And he says, I want a people that lean in and surrender to me what I have given to them so that I can purify, expand, and increase. He is so desirous to bring growth to this church. He wants us in a new building. He wants us to love on people until it, it's irresistible and they want Jesus. He wants to grow us in love so that, that our words and our actions match up with what we believe. He wants his presence to permeate this region that the heavens will be open, that we will see ourselves ruling and reigning in Christ Jesus in your chair at home or in the place of work or in your place of assignment. We don't work for money, by the way. We work to bring value because we're kings and priests and we have assignments where he's placed us to bring the kingdom of God, to embed the culture, to change the culture that way. And yes, we need to vote, but let's vote without malice in our hearts and let's keep our conscience clear so that we can honor those that God has put in place. I believe he tests our hearts with our government to see where we're at, whether we are kings and priests unable to rule without meanness. He is a just God, and he wants to rule and reign justly. And it doesn't look the way that we think it should. But when we live with him, we'll find that out. So God is wanting us to give back to him the things that he's given us. And I say, well, what is it exactly that you're addressing? He said, your time, your talents, your treasures, and your tongues. You can cover those areas, what he's given to us. He's given us time. It, it, what a precious thing he's given to us in time. And of course, it's so easy to take time for granted. 
but give him time give him time give him a give him a tithe of your time give him your talents every single gift that he's given to me in the area of talents it's not been for me it's been for others whatever he's given me he has also asked for it back and you know why because if we have a talent and we don't give it back to him it we that thing reflects glory on us which destroys us we have movie stars that can de depict that God-given talent and ability that wasn't consecrated back to God, and it destroys. So everything that's precious to us, we owe it to ourselves to give it back to God quickly. I felt like the Lord said that there's, there's someone, maybe more than one person, persons here today, where you're saying, I don't know if I can trust. I don't know if I can give. I, I don't know if I can give my life to God. I don't know because there's just so many, so many things that are questionable. But you can't afford not to give him because your life will not make sense without him. It is, it is going to be a self-serving existence if you don't surrender it back to the creator. He's the only one that knows you, what your pl the plan is for your life, it's a good, good plan, but he takes pleasure in getting us to make a step of faith in order to enter into that plan. And Jesus is the door for us to walk through in faith. We, we receive him, we receive the kingdom of God. I can feel the king of glory right here talking to you. He is so desirous to talk to us and to, to win our hearts with words of life. He is for us. He's not against us. So we give him our time, our talents, our treasures. It's so important to give him those things that our affection is wrapped around because we can make idols out of anything. In fact, we do that automatically. If our affection is wrapped around something that we can't let go of, boy, that thing will pull us away. And, and he's saying, if you want what I want to give you, then quickly give to me so that I can bless it, purify it, and give it back to you the right way. You have, there's a reason why your affection's set on that. Well, find out what it is from me. Amen? The last thing, give him your tongue. He gave you a tongue, and this tongue that he has given you is so powerful. The, there's life and death in the power of our tongue. And he is wanting us to learn how, as kings and priests, we use that authority. That is why he's speaking to us this way. He wants us to know the joy of co-laboring with him and speaking to those who are sick and knowing they're going to be healed because we're speaking the words of God over them, the words of life. It's not something we've manufactured. It bubbles up and it's coming from his spirit and our tongues are in agreement with him and we have all authority because our lives are clean and holy. And he's the one that said, be holy because I'm holy. He's saying, be one with me because I will make you one with me. He says, I want a people for myself whose hearts burn in expectation 
to be with me and bring pleasure to me by walking in obedience. Obedience isn't always fun, but it sure does have benefits, let me tell you. And the biggest benefit I know of is what is in the Father's heart. Because he says, I want a people that look like me, that talk like me, that walk like me, that, that know my affection. That's the benefit. That I will know him and be so confident that I will never be separated from him. You want to get rid of fear? Then receive Jesus into your heart. And then cultivate that intimacy with him every day. He's given us his spirit. When you receive him into your heart, he comes in and you can't get rid of him. You can't. He's devoted to you. You know, when you burn in expectation towards God, he makes you beautiful. He makes you radiant. He makes you attractive. The gospel isn't exactly attractive because it's about laying down your life for somebody. But that's what marriage is. People think marriage is like, I'm going to have all my needs met. Oh, yeah. Marriage is about dying. It is. But it's a good way to go. It really is. And that's what Christ and the church is all about. Come and die. Come marry me. Come be with me. Come give your life away. And your joy will be full. Amen. Who? So we want to wash our hands and live as kings and priests unto God because he wants us to walk with such authority. On Wednesday night, when we have our engine room, our prayer times, our teaching and training times, we should all make the most of that because he is so full. He wants to unpack things for us and equip us because there is a whole area of this city that do not know him. And there are many that do not want to know him. And he's saying, don't let that scare you off because he wants the ones that want to be rescued. And you have the word on your tongue and coming through your life that will rescue them. He's put us as vessels of hope in our places of assignment. And he wants to shine through you in love and, and never let you go. He wants, he wants to get the hell out of you. Where did that come from? Yeah, he wants us to get out of our captivity. He's, we're not victims. We, we would never approach royalty with sloppy clothes or with, with unkemptness or smelly or negativity, grumpy. We'd never do that. And neither, if you're, if you're a king or someone in royalty, neither would you be all sloppy or unclean. And so he's saying, approach me properly and, and constantly. And he's saying, and you will look like me. Amen. Let's, let's stand to our feet and let this be um, 
just a time right now because Jeremiah is here and, and we're going to have him come up and, and uh, share his heart. But let's receive right now or respond. We have